Hey everybody, welcome to the Growing with Fishes podcast, episode 206. Uh, tonight, Marty and I are kind of doing a little bit of a shorter session. Um, both of us have had kind of a long uh, grow work week, so I figured we'd, we'd hop on. I apologize for not doing a show Tuesday. It's just been so hot that uh, I kind of just blacked out on Tuesday after work, so uh, I apologize, guys. So, um, What's up with you, Marty? How's it going? Oh, it's going good. Just uh, last of the first harvest is drying up and pulling it down, bagging it up. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's always fun. Getting rolling up some fatties, and uh, yeah, other than that, just like dealing with work stuff. Um, got three day weekend coming up, so got some some system work we're gonna do going to uh, modify the beds like I talked about before. Um, I've got one of them already done that way and I'm going to do the other three the same way. We're just going to lay down the PVC pipe from the bottom of the bed and set the pots down on top of that. Um, so that I'll have drainage from one into the other mostly unimpeded. And then um, I'm also going to redo how my drains work because they, uh, the, the bulkhead fitting I have sticks up out of the top a little bit, and I want to um, I want to cut out the plywood on the bottom and let that sink all the way down underneath so that the, the water level will, will uh, empty out a little bit farther before the siphon breaks. So, um, yeah, just little stuff like that. Then that's going to get a little lower. Uh, I don't think so. I think everything else is done and ready to go. Then I just have to go through. I've got quite a few phones and plans set up now. So um, just kind of pick what I'm going to throw into the next run. Most everything has plans that are ready to go. So um, yeah, fun, fun time. How about you, man? What's up uh, over there in Oklahoma? Ah, it's been all kinds of crazy. Um, I'll get into that in a minute. Um, is there any, uh, what else has been going on in your grow? Uh, did you cut those plants down yet? Or are they about to come down? Or I know you were getting close. Yeah, everything's down now. The last of it uh, is coming off the drying rack now. There's still just the, the last harvest. So um, both of these strains were new strains. I hadn't grown them before. So whenever I grow new strains, I usually harvest in in pieces. So I'll take them you know, about over a week, sometimes a week and a half, and dry up different samples in Tennessee where I like it, and uh, and and take it all the way to, to product <coughs> and, and smoke it and see how I like that. And then that way, the idea is that I'll know about where I like it the next time I grow it, and I can harvest everything kind of at uh, a perfect level. So. Um, so yeah, I've got different samples, but, um, yeah, I don't know, not, not too much else going on besides that. I think we have, a, um, you know, like I said, we got a big strain for the next run. So there's sunset sherbet, 
uh, Wi-Fi. Well, I don't have too many Wi-Fi's yet. I don't think I have enough to do that. Maybe a full bed. Um, uh, so there's Snowman, uh, tons of Thor's berry, uh, more pineapple by banana by peach frost. So those are the ones that I grew this round. I'll probably grow a couple of those again just to kind of keep the baseline around and then grow. Probably, I'm thinking snowman and some fish yeah. I don't know though. It's going to kind of go evaluate the plants that I have and pick the healthiest ones that are about the right size and, and kind of get a balanced run. <clears throat> so now that I, you know, my first one was kind of more like nutrient testing. So I, I had different soil mixes and now I take the best one of those and variate that one slightly. And, now I'll be more, more strain hunting, seeing which strains I want to run in there. Um, and, uh, and then dial it in from there, just grow stuff I like. It's nice when you don't have to worry about anything else besides that. So on, on home grow, it's a lot more fun, I guess, because you don't have to have any of those other concerns. You can kind of just grow whatever plants you feel like smoking. And, uh, so for me, I like a variety. I have, you know, I like to have four or five different at a time and uh, I don't know. I know some people have specific strains that they like, but I crave different stuff at different times. So like um, sometimes I like, like in this case, um, I like Thor's berry, uh, you know, kind of more in the evening and the uh, uh, pineapple, I like a little more in the afternoon um, during the day. Or I, I still have stuff to do. So, yeah, and it's gonna be fun to just put some of this in the shelf and throw something else and come back to it later. For me, that's kind of the that's kind of the, the fun part of it. Not the maybe not necessarily as profitable or commercial, but that's the that's the fun stuff that I like experimenting. Awesome. Yeah, we've been uh, doing all kinds of things. So we've been actively uh, getting the field prepped with the rain and different setbacks and COVID shipping delays and all kinds of things. I think we're, we're getting ready to finally set, uh, set our fields next week and, and get everything in the ground, fingers crossed, but that could change depending on the weather here. So uh, again, we're, we're, we're a bit behind, but you know, we've got everything going. We, we did a, another sweep for rocks after doing another round of tilling and disking. So, um, we got that going. So that's been uh, a bunch of walking around with the dogs looking for rocks. <laughs> so that's been fun. Um, and then uh, as far as other stuff, our breeding room, we have some Sunset Mac males. We've been crossing with a couple of different females that we really like. Um, we have uh, a cheese, uh, which is going to be straight fire. We have some really nice fat mature seeds off of that. And then we have um, uh, Alaskan purple cross. We did a grape Durban cross, a Durban poison cross, a couple of other crosses. So that'll be cool to see. Do a little pheno hunting with those next and see what we come up with. Um, <clears throat> so that'll be a fun little side project. We got our clone room. We've been kind of upgrading that, upgrading the AC units, upgrading the HVAC, just getting the air movement going in there, yeah, improving that to get the temperatures down there a little bit, especially with us hitting it was 108 
or I'm sorry, 107, almost 108 uh, out, outside the door of our uh, mother room today in the shade. So uh, it was quite warm here. So we, uh, we've had to do some upgrading to our, our climate control this week uh, to keep everything where we want it to be. Uh, also reconfiguring some of the lights to make sure we can try and pull one or two lights out of these, some of the rooms uh, where we can do that. Um, and uh, yeah, just kind of trying to maximize that. Um, cutting clones, uh, trying to keep everything down. Man, I'll tell you what, the aquaponic plants love this heat, especially having an unlimited water supply. Well, my puppy is busy trashing the room. Yeah, and if you get them cold water. Yep. Yeah. So with full water, I mean, they're going three inches a day pretty consistently now. Um, I went through and hacked the plants a good two feet down uh, last week, and it doesn't look like I did absolutely anything in there. Um, I'll do a video again this week and give you guys kind of an update. We've had a huge mushroom explosion. Um, with the heat and the humidity and everything in there just uh, and and all the the awesome uh, microbial inoculations we've been doing with our IMO we just have literally just mushrooms in, in probably 10% of all the pots that we have in the entire TWC of our, our greenhouse it's really cool anyone that's looked at the Instagram lately has seen uh, quite a few different cool uh, mushroom pictures from our greenhouse that I've been posting so that's been really awesome other than that, we have a whole bunch of plants that have been, we've been germinating uh, and uh, uh, growing out that are finally getting big enough to start taking some clones. So we can do some sexing and uh, some determination on, you know, growing a couple of nugs and seeing what, you know, a couple of clone nugs and seeing, hey, what's worth keeping, what isn't. So doing some pheno hunting on that with some uh, Mr. Green Gene genetics, as well as some of my own stuff. We have some G13 hash plant from Dragonfly Earth Medicine. We have all kinds of cool stuff so um oh, hey, I, that's one thing that i was just thinking about is on my list of stuff to do in, in grows is um set up that mars hydro grow up um did you still have your mars hydro light or did you get one? Oh yeah i haven't contacted i gotta talk to them there's there's like three companies in my inbox right now that don't want to do lights so i was thinking hey maybe i can get them all to i'll set up some tents we'll do side-by-side -side tents in the exact same exact same shed uh and uh you know do four by two you know, four by four whatever size tent we're gonna do probably four by four or four by eight tents uh and um and set those up put the lights in and then let it rip you know and, and see how that goes so that'll be cool um but yeah i'm super down to do that we also have some next lights we have some gavitas we have some other stuff laying around so we could we could throw those up for the side by side just to to see who's better Alrighty. Um, what else are we doing here right now? Uh, just getting the outdoor stuff going, getting, just doing a lot of IMO collection, trying to get that going, make sure we have all of our, our inputs, making sure we get all of our uh, nutrients we're going to need to feed the back. Um, and then, uh, yeah, mostly just trying to deal with this heat. It's so brutal more than anything else. Yeah, it's gotten pretty warm here too. Like even just running my lights overnight, um, you know, it still gets up pretty high. And uh, and really, that's what drives the temperature up um, on the you know, even in the the space around the light. Like I've grown 
plenty of plants that close to those ceramic metal halide lights before, but I was able to keep the ambient ambient temperature in the room much lower. Um, so when the, the room overall got hotter and drove up the, uh, the temperature in the room, then around the light, it also got hotter, drove up the surface temperature of the plants. And that's how I got all that fox sailing before I got it corrected. So just, uh, it's, it can be quite the challenge to deal with heat. And, um, you know, especially when you're just getting set up, you know, there's tweaks that'll have to be made generally. Plan the best you can, and then do the do the best you can, right? Awesome. Um, I, I was just looking around here at. Uh, I was going to pull up some of the questions we had. Um, I know one one question that I. Um, I mean, I guess it was really a question, but um, what is your, uh, <clears throat> I guess your preferred harvesting method? Like, do you guys cut down an entire plant at a time? Do you cut a branch down at a time? Um, how do you, how do you deal with that? So, like for me here, I cut down basically the biggest branch I can get out of the man without fucking up too much shit. Um, Ideally, I would cut down the entire plant at once and just hang it up, which I might figure out a way to do next time, but we'll talk about that next time. But one, I basically the biggest pieces of plants that, that I can, and I even leave most of the leaves on um, and, and hang them up to dry. And I feel like it gives it a, a, a longer, slower dry uh, that ends up better overall. And then I chop off all the shade leaves <clears throat> and pull everything off the main stems uh, you know, once the stem itself snaps instead of bends, um, that's when I buck it off and, uh, and then I leave everything on until I smoke it. I mean, that's the way that, just because I don't, I don't have to sell it or do anything here, but I was curious, um, what your guys' process is in the commercial grow. Sure, so we'll, we'll just take down you pretty much the plant, especially at the size that we're growing. They're not really large enough, with a couple of exceptions, at least for the indoor, to really warrant piecing down. You know, if there's like copercolas that are well ahead of the others, whatever, that's fine. We'll, we'll chop those down if we're chopping other stuff in the room. But generally, you're trying to keep like with like. So we'll, we'll decide, you know, what date that strain is going to come down based on looking at trichomes, you know, we can figure out roughly what week and then, you know, we'll figure out what day based on the trichomes. And then that day we're just going to chop it and dry it, you know, immediately hang it or chop it and freeze it depending on where it's going to, what it's destined for. Um, uh, but yeah, we, we're not really piecing that out. And outdoor, um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see how that goes. I'm kind of thinking it's going to be in a similar vein though, where uh, we're just going to take it down by strain more than anything else. It's, uh, it's worked really well for me in the past and generally just, you know, they're all going to finish up all that same strain is going to finish up pretty much on the same day anyway. So, uh, and then you guys dry pretty much all you're, you're better off uh, harvesting on that kind of stack. Oh, I remember what the other one was. So what was that? I'm sorry. Oh, I was just saying, um, so after you harvest, you, you harvest 
sounds like the biggest piece of your plan that you can, and probably the whole plan in this case. Yeah. And then do you take off shade leaves before you dry it, or do you hang it up as is and then pull those off when you? So we'll we'll take we'll come through and and maybe five to seven days before um, the uh, uh, harvest, we'll go through and take all the fan leaves off. And then we'll big leaf them, and we'll come back. And when it's just just nugs, then we'll uh, we'll go through and um, uh, uh, come back and chop it. So they're they're pretty much just nugs by the time we're we're in there anyway. There's not a lot of bucking or big leafing. Oh, maybe a little bit when they're coming down, but not a whole lot. Mainly they're just getting chopped and passed down the line to go to the chain gang to get hung up on the, or tied up on the racks to or or uh, or, or uh, hangers so that they can be hung up. So. It just depends on, uh, again, what they're destined for. I had yeah, a, uh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, you know, if it's just going to get blasted anyway, <laughs> you know, probably doesn't matter much at all. But uh, if, you're, if you're looking at, at trimmed flower, it's probably, um, you know, what I would say the, the topic of discussion most of the time. Uh, if I'm going to have something extracted, I don't, I don't usually do much of anything to it in terms of trimming it. But, uh, but yeah, so I, and then I'll, I'll take off, um, you know, most of the big stuff, but I'll, I'll, I'll leave it mostly untrimmed in the jar. And, like if I'm just using it for personal smoke, um, then it, it'll just stay there and like that. And so do you hear trimmed or untrimmed? Oh no, we'll leave most of the leaves on and then cure and or we'll dry it and then we'll go back and trim it and then jar it up for, for curing. And then we'll do, um, we, they have kind of an in, interesting idea on that. So at least here they're doing um, five gallon buckets with like a an air pump that kind of uh, is on a timer that kind of flushes the air in the, the buckets periodically. It's it's kind of interesting. So, so twice a day it, it flushes the air in the buckets. This way you can leave them all sealed up and and uh, and pre-filter the air and then, you know, vent them all out at the same time. It's kind of cool. That's cool. So it's like an yeah. auto group, right? The same, same concept. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would, you know, definitely want to make sure that you're, you're not running it too long. But yeah, it's a, uh, you know, it's a great idea. I had um, somebody uh, hit me up this week and um, had an aquaponic grow and had russets. So uh, they were asking me for advice and I thought, I don't know if we really covered directly russet um, advice on the show. So, um, you know, if you're running into russets and aquaponics, first off, like you got clones from someplace dirty, right? So that sucks. So definitely figure that part out. But um, if you do have russets, there, you know, there's a few things you can do. Now, first off, they can be one of the hardest things to get rid of if you don't have a, a good plan of action. But thanks to Dragonfly Earth Medicine, we've learned quite a bit. So you can actually cook them off. So you can run your greenhouse at about 120 degrees Fahrenheit uh, for one hour uh, after, you know, before, before you do that, you want to make sure you water everything nice and well. 
but uh, as long as everything is watered, you know, the plants might wilt and pout a bit, but uh, they will survive it. And, um, uh, you know, sealing up your greenhouse, turning the vents off and everything, uh, and just letting it heat up uh, for, for one hour at 120 degrees, trying to keep it, you know, not much above that um, is really a good way to, uh, to eliminate that. Also a great way to help, as Breeder Steve had talked about in the past, for powdery mildew control as well, especially in the tropics or hotter climates, you know, Texas, Oklahoma, those types of places can be a great way to, to knock back those. Um, uh, other than that, you know, you, you can always self-oil X dip your, your clones uh, to make sure that they're clean. But beyond that, you know, there, as far as aquaponics goes, there really isn't a whole lot of other options. Um, you know, you can go with some of the predatory mites, but you know, I'll just be honest with you, the predatory mites will not cure uh, russets. They're, they're simply too small and too numerous. Uh, you're, you're not going to get rid of them that way. And anyone that tells you otherwise just doesn't know what they're talking about. Marty, did you have uh, anything you wanted to add to that? I would imagine maybe a liquid, uh, you know, I haven't tested the, the grasshopper IMO or the pest management IMO uh, on them, on russets in particular, but uh, I would imagine that probably would have a pretty good beneficial effect if you're looking for a spray, but I haven't particularly tried that on russets, but it would be something that you could at least attempt to try. Did you have anything else? Yeah, you like, I mean, <clears throat> no, I mean, they're really tough, I guess, is probably uh, the main thing. Like, it, it, none of it's going to be easy or, you know, there's not going to be like a, a one treatment thing. Like, even heating up your house you're gonna have to do multiple times um over uh, over a couple of days i would say um minimum so i think that uh that's gonna be if you have that kind of environmental control that's great because then you can use it to your advantage if you don't um they do have some predators but they're gonna mostly be like a knockback kind of effect as opposed to uh treating an infestation just because while they do have predators, they don't have predators that reproduce at rates that they do. Um, it's just really tough to get on top of them with, with beneficials, um, unless you want to spend a lot of money releasing them. So especially when you get up to scale, it can be really tough. So there's always a strong argument for just physically removing any infected plants um, and uh, <laughs> growing something else. I mean, I know that sounds pessimistic and uh, everything else, but um, it's sometimes the, the most effective way to get rid of it. Um, now, yeah, so, sometimes that really is the only answer is burn everything and start over. And, and it sucks, yeah. you know, sometimes it's too far gone by the time the person that's trying to help you finds it. So if you've got some genetics that you, you're like, I just got to save them, you know, like we, we were talking last week a little bit about you know, Mr. Green Jeans has a, a object uh, that's been around since like, you know, 1980 something. And uh, I would imagine that even if that plant got arrested, he would want to do everything he could to save it. So in that scenario, you can use <clears throat> a couple of different methods to kind of keep just areas of plants clean and grow them out enough to be able to clone and dip and, and put it in an isolated environment. Um, and so, that, that would be my recommendation is to set up a little grow box or someplace where you can completely isolate them in a different place than the 
the plant, you cut them off of, um, spend some time uh, treating that plant that you're about to clone, um, you know, dipping the, the spots that you're going to clone, uh, you know, once to twice a day, um, just to try to keep any new growth from keeping and being infested. I'll trim off like all the leaves below it um, uh, of the node that I'm going to cut, try to isolate it. You can, you know, wrap yellow sticky uh, wraps around the stem to keep them from falling up. Um, you know, there's a lot of methods that you can do to try to minimize it. But what you're really trying to do is keep that that area that you're going to clone um, as clean as possible. And then even after you clone and dipping and soaking the whole thing, you can even submerge plants <coughs> for, you know, I, I'll do it for up to a couple of minutes on something that I really want to make sure is treated and then rinse it off. Um, you can do higher concentration sprays for a short amount of time and then rinse those off as well. Um, so I do that with like Dr. Symes or Big Time Enzyme or Nucum are all about that, you know, they're all variations of enzyme-based sprays combined with citric acid. And so you can run those pretty hot um, as long as you rinse them with, uh, with water afterwards um, uh, to get that, that kill effect. So then once you have those in an isolated environment, you're kind of stuck with monitoring them daily uh, to make sure that <clears throat> nothing infected got into your isolated environment and pull those out and you kind of have to repeat that process sometimes multiple times to be able to get to a clean spot so you could be talking up to you know four or five months sometimes to be able to get completely clean uh, new moms off of an infested plant uh, with with russets so uh, I'm not telling you not to do it I'm just saying uh, be prepared for what you're getting into and um, make sure that it's worth whatever you're saving is worth not um, you know, just popping another bean or throwing something else because it, it can be quite a fight for sure. Hey, uh, Roger, how's it going? Howdy. All right, sorry, I had to find the uh, mute button real quick. Uh, Doing great. Uh, how's everybody else doing? Doing good. Wrestling a puppy, trying to keep him out of trouble. He likes to find trouble. Draco, so tell us uh, what's what's new with you over at True Aquaponics. You've been up to all kinds of stuff. Oh man, we it's business is crazy. I'm gonna tell you, I have been working non-stop I wake up in the morning so many orders I, I can't I have a hard time getting them all out and then you got folks wanting you know advice so we we do that then you've got more orders that come in through the day so you try to get those out and you do the best you can and uh, for the most part we get them all out the right you know the same day but uh, um, some of them end up going on the next day obviously and our postman is pissed he's like dude i didn't sign up for this i didn't sign up to carry this many orders from your porch to uh wherever it's going so we've got that issue uh but other than that 
things are great. Um, we're, we're looking at building some systems that are kind of a cookie cutter system. So um, you, you basically give us a call or an email and say, hey, we need a 500 or a thousand or 2000 gallon system um, with with that being the total gallons in the system. We want to grow this many plants and this is our footprint. Uh, and we're we're trying to put that together. So uh, it's it's unbelievably huge right now. Everybody's getting into it, and uh, they they are realizing that uh, at at a moment's notice, your your food supply can be cut off with coronavirus and and our lack of leadership um, to control coronavirus. They're they're realizing that hey, anything can happen at a moment's notice. So they're they're trying to grow their own. Um, and that that's going for uh, vegetables, weed, whatever. Uh, that that's it's it's the same. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you're growing. If you ain't growing your own, you may not get it. So that's that's the biggest push we've seen lately. That's awesome. Um, oh. What are some of the common questions or problems you're seeing with some of the newer growers or, or just lately and around? Oh, I guess he walked away for a second. Um, I had a question in chat, which was, do you have a good source of natural farming phosphorus source? Uh, well, phosphorus, you can always use rock phosphate, which you can get through Roger's website. Um, one second here. So I don't know. I mean, like, uh, you mean like Korean natural farming? Like a plant that you can break down? Because I think comfrey is pretty high in phosphorus, if I remember right. And, uh, yeah. Comfrey is pretty high. Hold on. Let me, let me look it up here. No. Uh, there's a plant called malanga and lamb's quarter, bitter melon, loofah, lettuce, cabbage, uh, or I'm sorry, water cabbage. Um, water, what, what the hell's water cabbage? Uh, I mean, I've, I've had all kinds of cabbages, but water cabbage? I don't know. But yeah, we do carry soft rock phosphate in our store, and and it's it's great stuff. I mean, it uh, it's a slow release product, so you you put it in, and the next day you test for phosphates, you're not going to see it, but uh, a few weeks down the road you will, and it's it's something that that adds to your plants as they need it instead of all at once. So you're not adding every week. You you buy it you add what you need and and you wait and let it do its pro you know let it do its job awesome absolutely yeah i think uh what what the gentleman was more referring to was the um for ferments if he's looking to do ferments so the the stuff i had mentioned is more for the like, leaves. Uh, uh like pumpkins are good it yeah. would also be high the other one, I'm looking at my cheat sheet here. 
uh, horse, well, horsetail is, is high in uh, phosphorus. Some of these you have to be careful though, um, if you're doing aquaponics <laughs> and, and try to find ones that don't have a necessarily high nitrogen content. Yeah, beets, beets have really high phosphorus. That's, that would be something else. That's, that's the one I was trying to think of. That's yeah, beet, beets, if yeah, if you're going to look for a ferment, beets are good or dock, you know, yellow dock or curly dock. Uh, if you're, you know, that's a really common weed in the United States, uh, those would also be good sources. Alrighty. Uh, so, uh, uh, Roger, what are some of the other common questions and problems that people are having and uh, that you're getting and, uh, and helping out people with lately? Well, the, the biggest issue people are having, um, because they're starting new systems, they, they, they get started and you know they're putting fish in they're losing fish and they don't know why and they they uh, the the education out there is so poor it's unreal um so they don't realize that uh when you put fish into a, a system that's brand new it takes time for the ammonia to build up obviously and then for bacteria to move in so during that time you you have this ammonia build up Bacteria is coming in, colonizing, converting to nitrite, and then finally to nitrate uh, as more bacteria moves in to do that job. But during those times, uh, you're, you're putting your fish at risk. So one of the things we're trying to do is is move people away from that and into a fishless cycle uh, to where these are uh, fake fish or some other form of ammonia. Um, you don't have to buy from us. You can buy anywhere you want to. Uh, but but use something like that to control the amount of uh, ammonia you're putting into your system and control how it happens so that you don't end up losing a whole bunch of fish. And for people that have uh, uh, children that are watching, um, if you lose a bunch of fish all at once, it's it's it, it can be disturbing to kids. So we 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 try to help people not do that. We we get them ahead of that curve and and make sure the kids stay happy and don't see the dead fish right um so once they get through that part of it uh a lot of them start growing plants and we we tell them right off the bat hey on day one when you're circulating water uh put plants in even if they don't do well put them in there get them going it helps the ecosystem overall and also get some uh, red wigglers in there, some some worms, and and there's several of the worms that uh, Steve can tell you about. Um, Steve with his dog, his six thousand hundred dollar dog. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's great stuff right there, man. You can't beat that. I love my dogs. So anyway, um, get get your your system put together make sure oh my god make sure you check your your neutrality of your media don't don't just go throwing river rock in there because if it's got limestone in it and you hadn't tested it you you're gonna have to pull it all out and start over don't do that test it first um and it's a simple vinegar test email us we'll send you a link uh where you can can watch a video of how to do it it's really a, it's a very short video 
um, and it shows you what happens when you have the wrong media. Um, save you, depending on the size of your system, uh, 50 bucks or, or many, many thousands of dollars, uh, which, which we've had several customers come to us and say, Hey, what, what the heck's going on here? And turns out it was their media. So they, they pulled out all their media and had to replace it. And it was, uh, there was one in particular in Alabama that, uh, it was, it was close to $200,000 for the media replacement for that system. Uh, so, uh, we, we don't want to see people lose money. We want to help you make money and, and help you feed your family. I lost my train of thought there. But anyway, um, I think, I think a lot of times on new systems, people like, like to chase their tails. And they, um, you know, they, a lot of times they don't reach out to help until it's too late. And then they, by the time they order something online and it gets there and they put it in, you know, 80% of their plant load is gone and probably irrecoverable. And they think that they're going to be able to pour some in the tank and see those plants magically come back to life. And sometimes they're just too far gone and you probably need to pull them out and replant something else and, and then evaluate from there instead of, you know, just watching that plant continue to die and continue to add more stuff when really you just, uh, you killed that plant three weeks ago and no matter what you add to it right now, it's probably not coming back. <clears throat> so, um, you know, that's just one thing to be aware of too is uh, uh, especially if you're not testing, if you're not doing nutrient testing and you're just trying to, to figure it out. I feel like that's one of the ways that people chase their tails with new systems a lot is because your 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 plant load and your your fish load, or they'll, they'll continue to feed their fish. You know, they'll they'll pull everything out of their system and they keep they've got no plants in there because they killed a lot of them and they add a bunch of stuff to it to try to fix it, and then they keep feeding their fish also, and now <laughs> they've got no plants to dig up all of the extra stuff that they just added. So it just requires a little bit of planning um, or just learn how to do nutrient testing and buy a very basic nutrient testing kit and, and know how to dilute your system in a situation where it gets too high. Or you, you, know, you can do water changes or you know various things to help bring those nutrient levels down as opposed to just keep adding things and expecting one of them to magically bring your plants back to life. It's one of the one of the things I run into a lot. Um, people trying to sometimes, save sometimes. Sometimes we can magically bring them back to life. I know uh, I've gone to a couple grows that had you know iron deficiencies or or a handful of other things that will respond very quickly, or just a pH radically off pH or very low nitrogen mm -hmm. that, that will respond. But like you're saying, a lot of times you can't. Like I've gone, I went to a grow one time. Uh, and they had so their bong aphid population was probably weighed at least 50% as much as their plant mass uh, um, uh, in terms of the, the physical biomass of the greenhouse. And uh, there's absolutely nothing I could have told, you know, I, they, they were down to like 1500 or 2000 bucks after they hired me to, to come out there. And I told them, look, chop everything down, clean the place and rent it out for growth season. <laughs> And recover your money and, and and restart with the money you get from the, the grower that <laughs> you rent from you know and uh, uh and, and and or that you rent it to and, and and do that because you don't have any other options so sometimes that is your option you know uh, it just depends on what you're doing but 
you know, hopefully you can catch stuff early on and, and not have to let it progress to the point where you are totally screwed, you know. Uh, yeah, one more totally thing agree. that I have, go ahead. Oh, no, I fully agree. You can bring plants back from, from pretty well close to dead, especially in aquaponics. Like, I do think that, that you could do that, but when they're, uh, that, for me, I feel like that's more like insect driven, some, uh, some, I guess like pH lockout, I feel like is one of the ones that by the time a novice recognizes the plant has a problem, researches what is, might fix it, procrastinates for two or three days, finally orders it, takes two or three days to get there, that uh, many times the expectations are just outside of what's gonna happen and they, they keep adding stuff uh, as opposed to just maybe balancing the system to, to what it's updating now. Because if all your plants are in lockout, they're not, your, your, your plant load, your plant nutrient uptake is, is minimal. That's why we call it lockout. It can't take up nutrients. So um, you, you've got to unlock the plants before any of that stuff is going to change. And, and gonna you, well. you might want to intentionally force something to be high too. You know, if I have high nitrite, I'm going to want to boost my, my chloride in order to neutralize that and make it less fish lethal. Or if I'm trying to boost the purple production or boost the bright reds or deep purples in any crop, you know, be it lettuce or cannabis, I'm going to boost my molybdenum, you know, to, to boost that anthocyanin production because a mild molybdenum toxicity will boost that. So, um, and give you those desired sales appeal that you want for, for when, when a customer comes in and sees it on the shelf. It doesn't matter what it is, you know, it's produce or cannabis, it's the same thing. So, so this is, you know, sometimes you want to induce a mild toxicity or you're trying to, to rebalance something or you need to raise everything up in proportion. And this is where, where things like the, the, um, the service that Roger and I offer for people's commercial systems uh, and we're, we're going to, you know, we also offer it to people's home systems, although there is a minimum price. Um, uh, if, if you want to, we will do something smaller than 3,000 gallons, but, we, you know, again, it, it starts at about $125. Uh, $125. Um, but, you know, we test your nutrients and just balance it around your nutrient levels currently. So what is your calcium? What is your potassium? What is your molybdenum, manganese, boron? Uh, so on and so forth, and then actually just adjusting around those specific ones and giving you just what the plants need, and then optimizing that over time based on what your plant system is uptaking on a week-to-week -week and month-to-month -month basis. Uh, uh, and, and, and by doing so, we're able to really maximize the plant production uh, and, and make sure that you're getting uh, exactly what you need so that you have your, your dosage, can rip it open, pour it in, and, uh, and away you go, you don't have to think about it anymore. And, and again, that's where water testing comes in. And if you're doing a commercial aquaponic cannabis system, you should be testing every two weeks uh, to every month. You know, if you really have it dialed in, you know, you could cut back to a month, but realistically you should be testing it every two weeks or just investing in the equipment that allows you to test it yourself. Um, because it just, it gives you such a, such a wealth of data on top of, you know, your normal daily tests. Anything you'd like to add to that, Roger? Absolutely, yeah. Um, the testing equipment involved in, in testing water to see what's actually in it is extraordinarily expensive. Uh, and that's that's where we come in and, and offer a test that's quite cheap, along with the 
uh, instantaneous send out of minerals of, of what you need and the advice that you need um, to get your system going the right direction, get it balanced to where no matter what you're growing, I don't care if it's lettuce or corn or squash or radishes or uh, cannabis or, or hemp, um, we, we get you there. And that we, we got to know what you're growing up front, and we got a questionnaire for that. Um, and we, we ask people to fill that out every few months uh, just to keep them up to date. But, I mean, it, as long as you tell us exactly what you're growing and you send your water samples in on time, um, we will get you where you need to be. And, and we've got a huge amount of customers now that are even in what's going on in, in the U.S. right now with, with the pandemic. Uh, they're selling so much with walk-up sales because they have good produce. Um, you can't get that stuff in stores now. Uh, and if you do, it's, it's low value. So they're, they're just making money hand over fist, selling stuff directly out of the greenhouse. I mean, with, with walk-up sales. Um, so it's a, it's an important thing to look at. What, what do your plants need? What do your system need overall? Um, what advice do you need for what you need to be doing? Not just today or, or tomorrow, but you know, a week down the road, two weeks, three weeks, a month, two months. Uh, that's, that's the service we offer is is something to guide you on what you need to do to make those plants grow perfectly uh, to where you can sell them and, and make money and also not just make money, but but you'll feel good on the back end because, you know, you're offering a product that uh, is healthy. Um, so you're not tricking your customers. You're, you're actually giving them something they can use. So that's that's what I got to add. And it can be hard to find aquaponic and fish safe nutrients that have already been vetted and, um, you know, have dosing instructions and all the rest of it the, on there. Or, you know, if you're wanting to go the full blown option with the subscription service, you know, having it tear the package open, pour it in, forget that that's a thing, right? It just depends on, on what level of service. So, and you have all that. So if you're wanting to balance your own nudes and you know what you're doing, you can buy the individual stuff from you or, you know, you can let us drive the ship if you want to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, 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 <laughs> I don't know how to top that one. I, you can, you can, you can buy the individual nutrients from us or you can go with the subscription service where we, you know, get you to water tested and uh, uh, we, we read that test when it comes back. And we also look at what you're growing, how you're growing it, uh, the environment you're growing it in uh, and, and many more aspects. Uh, the more information you give us, the better. And then we advise you on, on what to do. Um, so that would be our, our commercial um, part of it. But uh, yeah, we help people all the way down to 10 gallon systems. So, I mean, don't, don't be shy. Email us, talk to us, let us know what you got going on. If you see a plant not growing well, let us know. We'll, we'll help you with it, even if you don't buy from us. Uh, because it's more important to us to help you than it is for us to make a dollar. Uh, we like dollars, but it's not the most important thing. Uh, but yeah, if if you're trying to make money with what you're growing, trust me, this the service we offer is the best there is out there on the market. Yeah, 
<laughs> I've never seen another one. Oh yeah. Plus we have experience with a wide range of crops, everything from lettuce to cannabis to fruit trees to medicinal herbs and everything in between. So, um, one of the other things I wanted to bring up and something I'm seeing quite frequently uh, lately is um, toxicity from uh, people overdosing with kelp and ending up with boron toxicity that's affecting the availability of their calcium. And uh, you see a lot of people out there saying, just dump sea salt in it, or just dump random kelp extract, or just dump random um, you know, rock dust in it with no actual idea of what's in there. Well, a lot of rock dust is just mining byproduct, right? So it's a byproduct from heavy metal production or some kind of other production. Um, and then uh, uh, the... Um, uh, you have other people that are, are getting, uh, you know, poorly sourced kelp that is not necessarily of good quality. Uh, that that is, um, you know, uh, maybe ash or some of the, you know, some other stuff that ends up again uh, uh, having too much. Or people just ludicrously overdosing because they think, you know, they see a deficiency and they don't understand. Uh, they're told that maxi crop or sea salt has everything that a plant craves. Uh, it's got electrolytes. Uh, you know, uh, the so blue, the blue Gatorade. Yeah. Um, so so they go and they just dump as much as they can in there. So okay, I'm uh, I'm sorry, but Gatorade is great stuff, man. I'm I'm just gonna <laughs> put that in there. Rondo, that's got my plants. Great. Um, <laughs> sorry about the puffer. Um, anyways, uh, the um. Uh, so that's something else that I wanted to warn people about is not to overdose with the kelp extracts and stuff like that. I know Roger, you need to get rolling soon. Did you want to tell everybody how to find you and uh, and uh, how to find your website? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Trucaponics.com. That's T-R-U-E aquaponics. I'm not going to spell that. Dot com. Uh, it's pretty easy to find us. Search us. We're on Facebook. We're on the web. We're on Google. We're on Reddit. Uh, people talk about us all the time on all these these different social media things, um, and yeah, I've got a I've got a meeting here in just a few minutes, and I apologize for having to step out so quick after just getting here. Um, but I, I I promised this yesterday, so I have to do it. Um, and it's 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 with it's it's amazing. It's a huge grower in China, and they're they're wanting us to ship product to them from America because they don't like their product in China. How do you like that? So we're, we're looking at uh, a huge, huge deal. Um, I, I'm just very excited about it, helping somebody, you know, do the right thing and do it responsibly. So that's just great. Anyway, uh, truckaponics.com, come check us out. Uh, we're always around. Uh, we have a chat service on on the system, so when you get there, you can talk to us direct if we, if we're awake. If not, uh, we also have our phone number listed, so you can call us or text us or email us, and we will get back to you. I promise you, we we answer everyone, no matter what. And with that, guys, I got to check out. I've got this next meeting coming up in two minutes. Awesome! Um, Thanks for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. It's great to be here. Great to see you guys. Steve, thank you for everything. Thanks, Roger. Um, yeah, hey, man. Thank, thank you. And uh, y'all have a great evening.
You too. Steve, love the dog. Yeah. He's a cutie, even if he gets into trouble. <laughs> you know, your background's kind of messing up on you there. Oh, of, yeah. Doesn't know what to do with my camo what, shirt. It was just, it's the camo shirt's the problem, yeah. So, just saying. A little too good of a camo shirt. If yes. you'd wear if you'd wear a true aquaponic shirt, it wouldn't do that, right? Right. <laughs> Gotta get you one of those. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Marty, Steve, y'all have a great one. Everybody that's watching and listening, y'all have a great one. Love you guys. Bye bye. Thanks, Mike. Uh, All righty. Um Let's see if we have any other questions in chat here. Uh, no, it doesn't look like we have too many other questions. Do you have anything else you want to add, Marty? Um, there was something else I was thinking about talking about on the show this week, and I don't remember what it was. No, um, Marty and I have been working uh, slow and steady progress. We are going to do, uh, just as a, a short programming note, we're going to cut back to just, just while we're filming the rest of the commercial class. We're going to cut back to uh, just Thursdays for the show. And then we've been filming on Tuesdays. So that, that gives us some free time that, that fits Marty's schedule uh, to get that commercial class out there. So um, we're going to be working on that and try and do some more. It gives us time also to do some cool filming with what's going on. So um, yeah, but we'll be working on that on Tuesdays. So uh, we'll just be doing one show a week, at least for the short term. Yeah, and I do have like a... <clears throat> that process that I talked about for for saving plants that are infected um, I, I went through and filmed a series over about four weeks four and a half weeks of, of growing out and, and cloning a plant and cleaning it up and turning it back into a new mom so I'll get that edited into the class also we can have that in there um, it's also on my Patreon, which is also at APNet. Check that out sooner rather than later. I think it is anyway. YouTube's been fucking with my shit. I don't know if you've been having problems with that again too, but like even my my private Patreon videos that are just private YouTube links, um, they keep pulling them, and it won't even let me upload them again. Fucking pissing me off. They should be up there though. I just fixed them like two days ago. I haven't had any issues. I've definitely had, uh, I've noticed some, some algorithm changes on certain episodes, not getting the same views per day as they used to, but that mostly has to do with some of the pruning stuff uh, videos. Hold on, I could tell you, if anyone's curious, hold on. Let's see here. Last 28 days. Let's just see here. So we got how and when to top your seedlings, decarbing, Jamaica stuff. Our 200th episode is really popular lately, decarbing, uh, watercress, um, some of the organic innovations tours. Uh, our 101, our two episode 201 and 203 round out our, our top 10. So, yeah. We've been uh, slow, slowly increasing our views. We're up to, we had uh, just recently broke our 8,000 subscribers. 
Uh, I believe that was last episode, and we're already at 8,111. So we've been really, uh, you know, holy crap, guys. That was really awesome. Yeah. I think I did not that long ago. If you enjoy the show, uh, be sure to share it with somebody. I know uh, I always like to listen to the Growcast, and he always starts his show off with, uh, you know, share it with a friend. So uh, uh, we, have, we have real good friends with uh, Jordan over there. Uh, he was kind enough to send us some wonderful coffee. So thank you, Jordan, for the awesome coffee, if you're listening. Um, but if you aren't familiar, listen, check out the Grow from uh, um, the Growcast, uh, and then also check out the Grow from the Heart Cup podcast. Uh, and uh, Bracing Organics podcast. There's a whole bunch of other really awesome ones. Um, always has uh, the Future Cannabis Project too. Future um, Cannabis Project has been doing a lot of killer content lately. We did an episode over there uh, not too long ago. Well. Get all those aquaponic people together. You know, usually uh, this this is the only place we get. You know, <clears throat> we'll get three or four of them together. But it's cool to get. What do we have? Five. So working on, uh, we're going to be doing another panel, um, but we're going to do a different panel. I'm not going to tell you who's going to be on it, but it's going to be people that know about aquaponics and it's going to be some cool people. So it's going to be dope. And some people that maybe uh, you didn't know were into aquaponics, but you might know from the cannabis industry. So yeah, if you guys haven't checked that out, it's a whole uh, panel of aquaponics cannabis growers. And we, we basically took over their, their podcast. Uh, Steve was the, the guest host, basically. And we just talked about aquaponic cannabis production for a couple hours, right? Yeah, we, we had about two or three hours. We talked about aquaponic cannabis, commercial aquaponic cannabis production with myself, uh, Tanner Stewart of Stewart Farms, uh, chief cultivator of um, Habitat Life, uh, Bain of Vertica, myself of Organic Innovations and Potent Ponics, and uh, Marty uh, of uh, AP Meds, and uh, we did a, a kind of just a, a jam session on on you know ups downs, um, you know all different the different methods. things, different yeah. methodologies, different filtrations, just a really cool breakdown from a bunch of different people that are all doing commercial production currently, right? So. It's kind of a different, you know, not just us talking around, hey, our little grows, but all people that are doing this, you know, half of them in Canada, right? So uh, totally different perspective. Uh, someone else, go ahead. Oh, I just said it's a lot of fun. Really good. Good oh, yes. Definitely check that episode out over on Future Cannabis Project. Um, someone asked, do you use the HANA 775 alkalinity meters in my tanks? I don't use the HANA meters for alkalinity. I find that um, for my stuff, the Salford or the um, uh, Aquarium Pharmaceuticals is, is perfectly fine for the level of testing I'm doing. And then we get alkalinity every time we send our water samples out. So I, that gives me a pretty good idea what's going on. Um, granted, you will get some variance on that, same as you will with your pH. The more you, from the more time from your your sample taking, but um, if you were colorblind and and having issues with uh, reading the the um, color based reagent tests, absolutely, I'd highly recommend Hannah. Or if you are a colorblind person who has color blindness uh, and has issues with any water testing. I cannot recommend enough uh, the HANA testers because it will allow you to test things that were previously outside of the range of your your ability to test. So um, 
uh, and, and we'll allow you to, you know, uh, they also quite a wide range. We actually have a multimeter that does a whole wide range of different um, uh, HANAs. So they make the single individual color, color chart, near color, whatever they are. Um, and then uh, they make a, ma a master one that does like 10 or 12 or, and you can get different ones. But we have one of the master ones here and we use that to double check anything. You know, if I want to check something uh, that we have reagents for uh, before we, we send out a water sample or in between water samples uh, can absolutely be a great option for, uh, for internal testing. If anyone is ever really interested in testing, you can always go over to the Aquaponic Cannabis Facebook Growers Group. Uh, that's facebook.com backslash groups backslash APCANA, C-A-N-N-A. Uh, if you have an issue connecting, um, if you just search Aquaponic Cannabis Growers, uh, you will not find it because Facebook is stupid. Uh, so you, you have to actually type in the URL if you want to find it. But in the file section, we have a wonderful um, Excel sheet that I have put together that has a wide range of, of nutrients. It's over 250 different nutrient tests on there, uh, along with the costs per test, uh, what the reagent replacement costs are, linked to the manufacturer, linked to uh, you know, at the time when I made that the cheapest one I could find, uh, if you wanted to purchase it over the counter, um, uh, you know, uh, cost per box, um, what the nutrient range is that it can test for, what the error rate is. Um, it's a really useful chart and spreadsheet if you are looking to do your own internal testing uh, and you're not doing it based on, uh, you know, really expensive lab equipment. Uh, it is a great resource if you're looking for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, righty. Um, any other uh, things you wanted to go over? If not, uh, I think we'll wrap the show up. We've been going for about an hour, and uh, well, it's a little bit shorter than usual. Uh, on the it was 107 out, so I'm a bit burned out and uh, a bit tired, or more tired than usual. We will get back to having some guests. I have some cool stuff in the queue. We've talked to some cool people about coming on the show, but uh, haven't been able to overlap schedules. And um, yeah, again, just to apologize for that part, but uh, we will get back to a nor normal schedule here soon. Have some really, really cool stuff uh, coming down the pipeline with some projects that I've been working on for a while that are finally coming to fruition um, that have been kind of in the background. Uh, and uh, I'm trying to think Trying to think uh, what else is uh, in the pipeline right now. Just that and trying to get the class ready for you guys. Uh, I think you guys are gonna be really happy with the class. We got a lot of really cool video footage of insects and pathogens and just all kinds of cool stuff that we were gonna have in, in this master class that we're working on for you guys along with examples and demonstrations of a wide range of different things. So. I think you guys are going to really like it. Those those that, that go ahead and purchase it, and it'll be a great companion for the book that's coming out later this year. Uh, I've been steadily chipping away at that, and um, it's turning into a thicker book than I intended to. But I think you guys are going to just—it's going to be that master reference book that you kind of you know have to have on your shelf to know when shit hits the fan what to do. So uh, I think everyone's going to be really happy with it. Yeah, I can imagine it's a lot, a lot like <clears throat> you know when. when when you start adding content to the class, you're like, oh, well, you know, we talk about this, then we, you know, oh, we got to talk about that. And then, oh, well, we're going to talk about this. Then. You know, it just, it snowballs so quickly to where you're like, all right, we can do this in a couple of days. 
and now we've got content that in order to do it in a couple of days we you know, we have to maximize every amount uh, of time and space in that in that two days to be able to make it work because it, it's just grown so much from uh, you know from when we first started teaching it so much stuff to add that, you know from doing the podcast for so long and testing new stuff and different methods and um it just gets out of control and so it it's going to be nice to go move to that recorded format where we can like cut stuff together and um you know really have it be a a, a reference guide but I, I can see the book just getting out of control <laughs> yeah no the book is kind of like i almost have like the feature creep problem with like video game creation right where you gotta like I can't keep putting new things into the game right now. I need to just finish the game and get it out. So uh, I've kind of uh, more or less kind of set the set the walls and the, up uh, on where the content's going to be and and kind of I'm just flushing it out now. A couple of, of things I'm learning on, on pest management stuff uh, or changing my mind on some stuff maybe after actually using this, a couple of them in an application. But other than that, uh, we had a couple of uh, additional questions in chat. Um, what are your uh, uh, favorite plecos? So for small scale systems, uh, ancestress, any ancestress species, your bushy nose or bristle nose plecos, they top out at about 10 inches. Um, so those for small species, you know, small size aquariums. And then probably Trinidad, sailfin or gibbiceps uh, plecos for the uh, large scale tanks. Gibbiceps in particular get these enormous, beautiful, large fins uh, red, you know, flame red or orange fins uh, that are really cool and just get massive. You know, they'll get three, four feet long and just, you know, the size of a small tree branch. Um, what are some dual root zone setups you have tried that unexpectedly failed and why did they fail? So dual root zone setups, I haven't had any that failed. Well, I'm trying to think. You can get them too low in the bed. I've had them. I've had them. Yeah, too low on the bed, or I've had them where we maybe we made the hole in the pot too big um, for the for the DWC setup. Or if you're going to do DWC setups for for dual root zone pots, uh, instead of uh, cutting like in the video I did, we did a straight circle. Um, I'm probably going to redo that video uh, and and redo it as like a plus sign in the bottom. Uh, with, with four little cutouts, I found that that's kind of working much better or even just drilling four half inch holes, you know, or five half inch holes or six half inch holes in the bottom is actually working better because when the plants get really large, we're having issues with, you know, when I have a stem on it the size of a Coke can, uh, physically, the physical weight of all that plant on top of that stem pushing down on the center of that hole, there's just nothing there to hold it, right? Even with all the roots, pushing out, it's still just a lot of weight slowly pushing in the middle of that pot. So uh, right. that would probably be the only other thing that was that really comes to mind that I've kind of altered over maybe what I put out publicly. Um, other than that, uh, too much cocoa uh, can fuck up your cation exchange oh, and cause you all I'm kinds sorry. of nightmares trying to balance your nutrients. Um, I would say not, not enough too much. Yeah, not enough aeration in the soil mix uh, would be another one. Mostly just different ways that the soil stays too wet, goes anaerobic. It's yeah, too wet anaerobic. or too dry. Yeah. 
Um, I haven't really had a chance to show off the manifold design for the dual root zone stuff. Um, at some point, we'll, we'll, when I have time, we'll build one here. But we, right now, I'm just trying to get the five acres in the in the back and the four acres in the front done, and then we'll worry about replumbing the greenhouse. So, yeah, great. We will be doing top feeding for for automated top feeding for the full greenhouse. Uh, once everything else is, is done being plumbed. But right now we have uh, five acres of irrigation to finish. So. Five acres is just a lot. <laughs> plenty, of, plenty of plumbing left to do. <laughs> no, it's mostly done. We just got to tie in the, the IBC totes into the mic, final 4,500 4, gallon mix tank uh, is mainly the last thing that needs to get done. So a lot, no matter how. <laughs> No matter how you're doing it, no matter what you're growing, if you're growing five acres of anything. Oh yeah, and then we have 14,000 clones to plant, which is the next fun one. Well, which means that you already, right now you have 14,000 clones to take care of, which is- Oh, we have, a whole we, have other a, we have about uh, nine or 10,000 clones to take care of and the rest are, uh, <laughs> still need to get cut. Pending. But, uh, call those pending. Um, yeah, well, you know what you do is you put out your stuff that's a little more sativa leaning in the beginning and you plant that out first and then you lean more towards your purple stuff so you finish. You know, you're, if it takes an extra week or two, you're, you're okay. Yeah, well, I mean, sometimes like when you're first starting or, or when you're taking over for, for something that's already kicked off, it can be just as difficult to get consistency back with getting cloning. Um, yeah, I would say like insects is probably the biggest one, but probably right below that is just um, you know having enough uh, consistency to be able to keep your your clones. Like it's one thing to just cut the clones and get them rooted and get them in solo cups, but when you've got nine thousand solo cups, <laughs> um, you know they always all need water and are going to need transplanted within a certain amount of time and you gotta have soil to do that with, and you know, like there's a whole uh, anything that you do nine thousand times requires a certain amount of coordination. Especially if you want to end up with consistency at the end. Oh the yeah, end. so we're actually using a rainflow um, drip layer, so it'll mound the dirt and then lay two drip lines in it for us, uh, and then we'll put the plants in right in between the two drip lines uh, on on each one. So. Yeah, it's pretty common. Nice. I've seen the, a lot of those even for, for him out here. They like the, the roll tape drip line. Yeah. So we're not them. yeah, so we're using the roll tape drip line, but we're not using the plastic mesh that goes over the top of it. Black right. mesh here would uh, make our roots about hundred and eighty degrees. <laughs> so uh, we're gonna go ahead and use a cover crop from Soil King. Uh, or build a soil, build a soil. Uh, build a soil has their uh, was it their twelve soil mix? So we ordered uh, ordered a bunch of that. Sorry about the cat in the background. He's being a bitch. Oh, I thought that was my cat. I was like, no, it's on. That's mine. So sorry about that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I need to find a quieter place to record. Here is what I need to do. Lock myself in the breeding room or something. <laughs> um. Anyways. Uh, 
yeah, I think we'll uh, we'll start wrapping the show up. But why don't you tell everybody how to find you, uh, Marty? Yeah, so you can find me most of the time hanging out on Facebook, Occupy um, Cannabis Growers Group, like Steve was talking about. Um, also, Probiotic Farmers Alliance, shout out to them. Um, Alan over there and his girl Kachi, ton of stuff over there. Um, KNF Group, where that Chris Trump is a part of, I think it's just called KNF Korean Dash Korean Natural Farming. That's another great resource there. But you can find me on uh, YouTube at AP Meds, on Instagram. I'm generally posting pictures when I'm not too busy. Um, uh, so you can find me there. You can find me on Patreon at AP Meds. Um, <coughs> just hit me up on YouTube. Got uh, the wrap up video from the Grow will be posted soon. I've got like I said, probably 80% of it, well, you know, probably like 70% of it already down and fucked up and in bags. And uh, we'll get the rest down, get some get some numbers weighed up and uh, do our wrap-up video from the last, this last harvest. But all the other videos, all the ones that YouTube will let me upload are up there. Um, so go check those out. And uh, yeah, thanks, Steve. Uh, yeah, and you can check out Roger at True Aquaponics. Him and I uh, work on the subscription service. I do the, the dosing into that. So if you end up going through that, uh, uh, I am I am part of that. So uh, check him out over at trueaquaponics.com or if you just need nutrients for your system. Uh, and then uh, you can find me at Potent Ponics, YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, all the different places. You can also check out Organic Innovations if you're a licensed Oklahoma uh, retail uh, uh, center dispensary whatever they call them in the state uh you know all the different states have their different names um you can check us out we have a whole wide range of different concentrates coming out soon that we'll have uh, available uh, i believe next week we get the testing back and then we can release those to our vendors uh, so that'll be really awesome and um yeah have a safe and happy fourth of july try not to blow any of your fingers off I know my cousin tried to cook when I was a kid. Don't start any fucking fires. Yeah, for fuck's sake, don't start any goddamn forest fires. <laughs> I live in the forest, okay? Like, just. Yeah, if you're going to blow shit up in the forest, go down to the riverbed where there's no trees and you can't blow anything up. Or find a nice little island in the middle of the river and do it there where you can't set anything on fire. Especially if you have illegal fireworks that you drove like two states over to buy from Native American tribe. Yeah. I mean, I know I sound pissed off and that, that's because I am <laughs> that these things actually happen, especially here in Southern Oregon. People like to drive to Washington, buy a bunch of fireworks and set them off in the hottest part of the year in the middle of fire season without like even thinking about what you're doing. So every year on the 4th of July, we have multiple grass fires from idiots. So don't do it. Don't don't blow your hand off. Don't start any forest fires. Pretty low bar. Smoke some weed. Drink if you want to. Have some fun. Barbecue some food. Just, just don't burn anything down, especially my house. Yeah, don't crash any vehicles all, all wasted and uh, don't burn anything down. And, uh, and we'll see you guys again next week. All right. <laughs>
Sí, sí, sí. 